Right, hello, I'm Ellie from Kent Libraries. This year, Kent Libraries Registration Archive are delighted to be celebrating Black History Month and its theme, Proud to Be. Today, I'm chatting with Emily Gassampur, co-founder of Folkestone-based Books for Change. Emily and Wendy have working hard to diversify Folkestone school libraries since lockdown one. Motivated by a call to action from the Black Lives Matter movement, the pair have gone on to achieve big things for the local area and beyond. Emily has lived in Folkestone for 15 years, has experienced racism and prejudice firsthand, but from this hatred and fear, so much good has come. Emily was recently selected to be a judge for the Children's Longlist category for the Diverse Book Awards 2021. And it's my absolute pleasure to chat with Emily and find out about her role as judge and more. So how are you, Emily? And over to you. <laughs> Thanks, Ellie. Gosh, that's a lovely uh, welcome. Um, thank you. It's um, yeah, it's, well it's, deserved. <laughs> thank you. It's um, yeah, it's it's a it's a privilege to have been asked to to be interviewed for this. So thank you. Um, yeah, I'm really well. I'm really well. I'm really looking forward to us chatting. So, can you tell us a little bit about being a judge on this awards, the awards, and yes. how it came about? <laughs> Yes, I know. Well, um, yeah, it came about um, purely because, um, well, it was Wendy who actually found the opportunity. Um, there was a kind of call out amongst the sort of book book world, books book sort of um, publishing world. Um, obviously, we've set up all our social media handles. So once you kind of get into that world, you start linking with lots of different um, organisations and things. So Wendy basically had seen this call out saying, could you be a judge? Um, and she was like, this is for you, you've got to put your name forward. So she fantastically did all the paperwork and sent it all off. Um, and I thought, oh, there's no way, you know, I'll get picked because it's quite a prestigious thing. Um, lots and lots of people applied for it as well. So, again, it was just such a surprise and a real honour to be to be chosen um, for the children's long list, which is the, the role that I, I took on. So... It, it was absolutely fantastic and I think it probably would have been a bit different um, if Covid obviously hadn't been been, been around but um, it was all done online, it was all done, we had a Zoom meeting and then everything was done via email and all the books started getting sent to me in the post which was fantastic um, to have the postman every day kind of knocking at the door with this big box full of books um, for me to read and for me to judge so it, it was just it was so lovely it was such an honor and it was amazing that I was able to share um, all the books with my children as well so they were part of it which was fantastic. So how many books did you have to read and what sort of age ranges were they aimed at? Um, so in total um, I had to go back and check my list actually because it was <laughs> there was so <laughs> many it felt like there was so many but in actual fact there was 37 books in total um and they were all aimed at children so they were um obviously they were either picture books children's picture books um or they were sort of um small chapter books um that were obviously aid, aimed at kind of younger younger children um for sort of maximum age really i would say was kind of around eight um and so so from very young from literally kind of like preschool age up to, to eight I, thought I was very much doing the the children's um section of the of the awards yeah and was it difficult to judge you know the different like a picture book against a book for an older child or did you just go on gut feeling like yeah this is this is a great story do you know what it was really hard because there was just 
the caliber was was unreal i mean it really was like wow these books are just not anything like the books that i had you know when i was growing up as a kid and that was a really beautiful moment in a way to kind of eventually have all the books in one big pile and just be going through them and thinking gosh if that was around when i was you know a child um it, it would have just it would have been a different education i think and, and feeling of being in school for me personally and um, maybe we'll come on to talk about that in, in a little while but um yeah in terms of the books it, I very much do go on my gut feeling uh with things um obviously there's a lots of hype out there around some of the ones that are you know the latest ones that are going to be the big thing but I tried not to get involved in all of that I tried not to read too many kind of external articles and things and just very much went on how I was feeling about that book um I think when you know you know Mm. And did you then get get to, together to discuss your decisions, or was that sort of at the end that you judged no, the piles really... that you sort of said, "Yes, this, these are the ones I love." Yeah, no, there wasn't really anything like that. It was very much individual judging. So we would have to, we basically had to pick out our top ten mm -hmm. um, of out of the books, and um, we had to rank them from our number one being our absolute best. This is the one we want to win. And obviously number 10 being, yes, it's still in the top 10. It's still fantastic, but it's it's at the bottom of the one to 10 category, um, which was so hard. I cannot even begin to tell you. I went round in circles with that. It was re it was really tough, um, but it was a very much individual thing. We weren't sort of, again, because of COVID. I mean, I think we, you know, we could have possibly done that on Zoom, but it would have been quite a long-winded process, I think, um, with people saying, oh, well, I think this and I think that. So it was a case of each judge just putting in their their top 10. And I quite then, like that, yes, that you yeah. weren't swayed by other people. It no. was, and you know your judging criteria is going to be equal across your reading. So, yeah, I think that was, yeah. Exactly. I know I've got this vision of, you know, great arguments about which books <laughs> can go through, but not quite as dramatic no, as that. No, it, it wasn't it wasn't quite as dramatic as that. I mean, there were arguments amongst my children. <laughs> That's um, any drama that you'd like to know about. Um no mummy, this one, this one, or no mummy, I like I love this one. Um so you know that was that was quite fun in a way. Um they really did really genuinely get involved in it and really looked forward to kind of coming home from school or I think they were at school at that time and then they were locked down again and we were homeschooling and we kind of did it as a homeschooling project as well. Um, so no, there wasn't any any rows. I'm afraid, Ellie. <laughs> Sorry so to disappoint. The books you get to read have they been sort of um, sort of weeded out before you get them? Have children looked at them? I mean, how or is it just everything that is put forward you get? Everything that's put forward we get. Um, right. So anybody, you know, the categories there for, for people to send it in and they, they send it. So the, the main people who run Diverse Book Awards, they they get the book sent to them and then they obviously gather them all, whichever, mm. into the different categories and then send them to the relevant judges. So, um, no, it, it was... So the judging is purely by the, you know, you the judges when you get to read them. There's been no pre sort of weeding so wow very exciting no, so so it, it can be quite you know you, you can get some random ones in there um <laughs> in all honesty <laughs> you know you, you can you think oh this isn't quite you know and, and the things that I was looking for were very much around <clears throat> representation and it being done you know authentically and 
that the, the, the that it was really done properly uh, it wasn't just kind of like tokenistic um the, the you know the storylines were really grabbing and really exciting um for children um and that you know you wanted to turn that page you were just hooked and there were there were some there were some in there that were just absolutely incredible um real real truths of, of you know the writers as well really kind of exposing themselves and their living their truth and, and and really putting that into the story and it was just it was just wonderful very moving to read yeah and i agree every book has got to be how good the story is it's not oh it's got to black children in it so we're going to publish that it's got to be about the story so the story and the character but the characters need to be you know like real just to say mm. oh two black children in a story but like you know what are the what are the what do the children look like you know are they represented properly or is it just a case of i'm just and that was the thing i really looked at the illustrations as well um mm -hmm. that was a real a real big thing for me it wasn't just this is an amazing story but what about the what about the illustrations what about the pictures how are these families being depicted you know are they are they they're just families you know having a a great time just being a normal family um mm. but also looking at children of color being the heroes in the story really oh, leading indeed. the story yes. and that was a real big thing for me was like who were the main characters in this you know is it a diverse book just because it's got black and brown characters in it or are those characters really leading the story and being the heroes that was that was important and we need aspiration don't we for our young people who are reading these books so. absolutely and can you tell um why is it important for um the diverse community to see themselves reflected in books perhaps you can say a little bit about your personal experience with your children yeah myself i mean yeah. really i think um everybody every single human being on this on this planet needs to be able to see themselves represented and reflected um in a story and i think that we've still got a long way to go with that um things have improved things have changed um a lot of what we do with books for change stemmed from my own not being able to see myself in a book um when i was a child i absolutely loved fairy tales and i was very much into the sort of the magical side of um of fairy tales and i never i never saw myself that so cinderella was always blonde blue eyed all mm. the princesses were always you know fair skinned um and and no none of them had well maybe one or two did in disney later on but I'm talking real you know stories and it was always mm. I was I was never shown there and it, and it just it does kind of eat away at you in a way um and I'll just quickly tell you a story around something that happened quite recently we were at a festival um where we were we were promoting books for change and we were selling small items to raise money and a woman came up to me and she said oh what's all this about and I started explaining um and I said you know it stemmed from the fact that as a child I never saw myself in a book and she turned to me and she said really why don't you just imagine yourself in a book? um the princesses might have blonde hair and blue eyes but can't you just imagine that that's you and I was really stunned to be honest to silence so no empathy at all was shown no empathy and I think 
honestly, believe it or not, Ellie, I think there is a lot still of that around of yourself. Just, just get on with it. It's just a story. But to see yourself reflected, for example, um, when we first started the campaign, Wendy did a lot of research and found um, this author who's in Switzerland, um, who there's a little who's written a story. She's an Iranian woman like like myself, and she's written a book with um, an Iranian, a little Iranian girl in it, who's the hero who goes off and does all this amazing stuff. And I, she sent, and Wendy found these books and sent it to me to say, look, I found you in a book. I mean, it literally, the the <laughs> child really looks like me. And I, I, I can't tell you how that made me feel. It just, it just gave me goose pimples. It was a real moving moment because I, I'd had that now as an adult. You know, I didn't have that as a child and I don't want that for other children in our town. I want every child to be able to see themselves reflected. Every child who might have a disability, every child who might be from the LGBTQIA plus community, every mm. child who might be from um, a black, you know, might be a black child or a child of colour. Like it's every single human being deserves I to be agree, able to see yeah. themselves. And yeah. that's that's what books for change is about and um that's what I was absolutely looking for in the diverse books um that I was judging so and when you started that conversation with the person and they were saying why can't you just imagine yourself were you were they prepared to listen to you and and go away reflecting or was that just I don't understand I think it's hard I mean you know this person was a white woman um she herself had blonde hair and blue eyes the irony of me saying yeah. you know <laughs> and, you know so um i think sometimes it's hard for people to um if they haven't experienced that they haven't ha they haven't got that lived experience of feeling that way um i think it's difficult um sometimes for them to to really understand they need to like it's not it's not okay for them to say that um and I kind of kept saying I said it isn't it isn't okay for you to say this to me what you're saying mm. and she was like well I'm just having a conversation and just didn't understand the, mm. the nuances behind no. like a, a white woman with blonde hair and blue yeah. eyes and her privileges that she upholds speaking to me who is somebody who's telling her that I hadn't seen myself in a book and how that made me feel um so I'm not excusing it I'm not excusing it at all like but it's it's deep like there's a lot of work yes. to be done and indeed uh, still today yeah, yeah I agree. absolutely yeah. so but it's also important that um that white people do see these books as well and that these books with diverse characters are for them as well it's not you know we don't want them separated do we we want them part no, no, of it's for no. everybody it needs yeah. to be it should just be normal like yeah this is I what's agree. frustrating is mm. schools are places that are diverse you know we're all from somewhere it's it's it shouldn't be an add-on it, it's no. just it should just be normal that this is what it is you know we've got all these books because we have all these people in the world <laughs> it, and these books go out to all the pupils or students they're not oh you're you'll come from you know yes, a mixed yes. race family so this book's for you it should be for all the children i've heard that from age three you know bias can start that at such a young age yeah and again you were saying to me somebody made the offhand remark that children don't see color how would you respond to that 
Well, they absolutely do. I mean, the data's there. You've just said yourself that um, you've read articles and that you've mm. seen, um, you know, the data that, that's there that says that that's absolutely not the case, that, that by the age of two, three years old, children are starting to form friendships and they're looking at, you know, skin tone and they're looking at how they look and they are likely to make friends with other children who look like them. So if that's not them seeing colour, what is? Mm. Um, I think it's about having an open conversation and not being afraid to have the conversation. And I think there's still a lot of fear. Um, mm. There's a lot of fear, not only in schools, but at home with with families and parents being very afraid to have these conversations, maybe not feeling equipped to have them. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a role that within sort of with what Books for Change is kind of trying to bring. And I was only only just having a, a big long phone conversation with Wendy last night about this around is this something that Books for Change can help with you know hour-long sort of quick workshops to start that conversation to say to, to families to say to schools this is how you would start that conversation around skin colour mm. different hair whatever that may be that's something that people are feeling fearful around having these conversations because I think what's happening in schools is very much around we're all equal we're all equal we're all friends everything's fine everybody's equal but everybody isn't equal and that that's the reality and it's not about scaring children it's about equipping them with the knowledge to understand in an age-appropriate way and done in a gentle way you know that that we aren't equal and these are the reasons why and that really what we're doing is we're helping them giving them the tools to become allies to become change makers so that we don't end up living how we're currently living um they're the future the children are the ones that can make these changes because we we're going to be we'll be dead and gone and then what happens you know we don't want history to keep repeating itself and books for change is a tiny tiny little drop in the ocean but the ocean is made up of of many 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 drops so yes yes and i love your term allies i think that's really lovely and again you know uh, take on board that we we shouldn't be scared of having these conversations and i think sometimes we are and particularly you know i'm a white middle class woman i'm scared to have these conversations but um yeah they, it, we need to do it <laughs> i like i like having these conversations with you ellie because i think that we're, we're open with each other and i think that um we will if we can acknowledge that we will make mistakes you know i have a very different lived experience to a black woman you know yeah i, I i'm not here to say this is you know everybody's different and and I can't speak for for different people. I only speak my own truth, and I speak for myself and what I have experienced and how I can. I hope to be able to use that to to help other people to see um, that they can that they can have these conversations and that it's okay. You know, creating like a safe environment, a safe space um, for families, for educators, for teachers for people who work in the library, for for anybody that comes into contact with 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 children in particular. I, that That's kind of what I see. I see my lived experience as being able to help. To I help agree. to make changes. 
and we must concentrate on people being individuals as well absolutely 100 yeah 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 so yeah so listen to different people you just because you've heard one story that's not representative of all yeah. the the community no can you say a little bit about more about when your children had reading books and they were coming home with the <laughs> yeah in a, well, not inappropriate, but books that... No, were, yeah. yeah, I mean, I did a talk recently at the Quarter House and I spoke about this. I mean, this was one of the real, um, it was one of the real moments of uh, this, this can't, this can't be it. Um, this is, this is how Books for Change kind of was, was formed in a way. Um, yeah, I think lockdown meant that we were all at home. We were homeschooling more. We were seeing things more, what was going on in the school uh, because they were doing Zoom and we were, and they were sending things home maybe more so than what they might have done in the past because obviously they had to, everything had to be done at home. And we were getting these books and they were these, these books that were, were just white children living in white towns. And it just absolutely did not reflect the reality of the real world and it absolutely did not reflect our family setup so I just was like what are these books and it was just continual and I thought oh this is the this is the moment that made me realize they don't actually have that many diverse books like they will have some obviously but their range is is poor in all honesty um and I think you know that's not a dig at the schools that's not a criticism to the schools that's that's a criticism of the government to be honest um they should be funding this they should be we should have every school should have a huge range of diverse books but the sad reality of it is is that, 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 that they don't um and 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 yeah we we just got real really fed up for having these books that just were white children in freaky little towns that everything was just beige and it was like this is not this is not this is not real life you know this isn't yeah. real life like what are we setting our kids up to think so um that was very much a kind of call to action and i think um kent libraries we are ahead of many school libraries in we oh, do yeah, have a absolutely of, yeah but i think we're going to do more though about promoting how to find them on our online catalogue and um have more displays so but um yes i'm, I'm pleased to say when i checked our stock you know it was it was comprehensive but of course yeah, and i think mm, go I on think, i think i think um you know there's always it, it's it's being aware that changes need to be it needs to be checked regularly yes we we really have got to look at our stock regularly and we do in kent libraries and we have specific stock librarians who monitor that we, you know we're well covered so yeah and we want to be it's not that we're doing it because we have to be um, yeah, we absolutely. really want to have a diverse stock i think we might be near to rounding it up emily but i just wanted to what can we do individually to make a positive difference? Is there something we can do? Absolutely. Um, locally, we've got a lot of campaigns running um, that need support um, from the public. So you can find out more about our work on our website, which is booksforchange.co.uk. And there you'll click on the campaigns tab and you'll see all the campaigns that are live. So Canterbury, Hythe, 
Dover, in particular in this area, because we're talking mm -hmm. specifically about Kent, sharing and liking their pages. So these areas are trying to get more diverse books into schools. Um, Folkestone, we very much kind of, we've, we've sort of completed our campaign. We started very early on. We're on our second campaign at the moment and we've hit our target for that. So we're going to be working with the secondary schools and getting books in, diverse books around consent. Um, but those three campaigns are very much um, in need of support. Um, the other thing that I would absolutely urge families, in particular parents, in particular who might be listening to this, is talk to your school. Lobby your school. Um, it can feel difficult. It can feel very, very hard. We um, share information. We've got resources again on our website, but also on our, in particular, on our sort of Instagram and our Facebook. We share letter template heads that people can download or can just quickly fill in and send off to their senior leadership at schools. What are you doing? You know, what is your what is your children's school doing? What are the books that your children are coming home and reading? What is it that they're consuming? The information that they're consuming. Ask the questions, you know, like as parents who have children in education, in schools, we have a right to ask these questions and we shouldn't be afraid to do that. Um, don't be afraid to be seen as that parent because Indeed. that parent can make a change, can make a difference. Even if it feels like you're not and you're battling uphill all the time, a small change will 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 be could be a huge one for somebody. So they would be the two two big things that I would say is just keep talking to your school and please support our campaigns if you can. And also if you you know you, you overhear another parent saying something that you think mm, not sure that's quite right again not be afraid to challenge in a in a non-threatening way oh absolutely i had the same same situation recently with a parent who said to me she had been part of a workshop that i had run that her child was involved in and it was all around skin tone and understanding different skin tones and um, looking at that and kind of coloring in ourselves um and she basically said that later, sort of, you know, a few weeks after that, a parent had said, oh, I don't think that children see colour, the same old thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's right that they're having these books. And that parent was able to challenge, that parent felt able to challenge this other parent in a very, not in an aggressive way, not in a sort of, you know, just in a, no, you're wrong. And I, I think I know you're wrong because my child mm. saw colour she came to one of my workshops and she is a child who's got blonde hair blue eyes white skin and came up to me and said oh we're different you've got different skin to me you've got different hair to me i'm going to color you in and started drawing a picture of me and coloring me and using the different skin tones and this is me and then using the different skin tones for her and absolutely saw that we were different and this parent was able to was able to challenge the other parent who said well I don't think kids see colour simply because she had witnessed it herself with her own child so if you can come along to any of our workshops we're going to be doing um something in October half term in Folkestone locally it's going to be at the quarter house there'll be more information on all our social media channels so you can you can follow us but you know 
upskill yourself, read the books, learn. Don't expect people of colour, black women, black people to do the work because they're not yeah. there to educate. You need to go off and do the work yourself and come to one of our workshops and see, see what it's like, because you'll see that children absolutely see colour. They do. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do want to learn more, but don't quite know where to start. So have a look at our website. Um, there's loads of information on there. Um, we do update it regularly with um, adult reading materials on there as well in terms of looking at anti-racism work and um, unpicking all the unconscious bias that we all have within us. You know, I have it, you have it, Ellie, we all have it. Um, is it. And it's that taking that first step to acknowledge that we have it is a big first step. If we can do that, if we could all do that, if every human being could do that in the world, we would be so much further on with all of this work. Thank you oh, so well, much for having me. Well, and thank you, because I know you've got such a busy schedule and we've, <laughs> we've managed to squeeze it in. And I'm so grateful for you taking the time out. It's been wonderful speaking to you. Thank, so thank you. you. Thanks so much.